أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم everyone welcome again to the Muslim American Society podcast again I'm joined by my beloved brother Imam Fuad السلام عليكم وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته how are you brother Rashad Alhamdulillah it's a it's a great pleasure to be spending time with you again um we have some some great i think conversations that we've we will be publishing and mm. this is I hope a continuation of that we are trying to to kick off a new series um that is going to address some some current issues some some modern issues things that come up week after week you know different months in this case it's about a specific month and mm-hmm. so i'll i'll dive right into it and and get your thoughts so Imam Fuad, I, I, among just like many others, started receiving messages uh, just a few days ago, actually mm-hmm. almost 10 days ago or before that, when uh, the month of Rajab started. Mm-hmm. So the year 2020, the year, the calendar year for the Hijrah is, I believe, 1441. This is the month of Rajab, two months away from, uh, from Ramadan. And I heard two different things. One that I remember that I've heard many times before, and I'll ask you about both of them. Um, but first, so let me start with the one that I think more people have heard about, which is that um, the dua of the Prophet that says, He says, the translation of the meaning is, O Allah, bless us in Rajab and Shaban and help us to reach um, or allow us to reach Ramadan. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? I've heard this, you know, for, for many years. So Alhamdulillah, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, O Salatu Salam Allah Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This hadith, it is a very famous hadith that people use when Rajab starts or when they give a khutbah on, on Rajab. And this hadith, I believe, is found in the Musnad of Imam Bazar. Imam Abu Bakr al-Bazar in his Musnad, he says that uh, the hadith is from Abi Raqad and Zayd al-Munir and Anas. So this hadith comes from Anas that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, كان إذا دخل رجب قال اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would say, oh Allah, bless us in Rajab, bless us in Shaaban, and allow us to reach the month of Ramadan. Now, this hadith, uh, it is, unfortunately, it, it is a weak hadith. It's not a hadith that uh, we, we can't say it's the words of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There is some problem inside of the chain. So when we look at the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, they have two parts. They have the chain of narrators, which is called the Senad. And then they have the actual wording, which is the Matan, which is the wording of the actual hadith. So usually when a hadith is weak, it, it will have a problem in one of these two things. And alhamdulillah, you know, books have been written on uh, on this topic. Because Rajab, it is one of the months where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, That the number of months in the to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is 12. Right, well, the day when, when, when creation was created. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he made the months, uh, their number 12. And from it, he says, Minha arba'atun hurum. From them, they are four months that are sacred. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa when he explained this, he says, 
three of those months they come uh, after one another and one that is separated so he mentioned he said muharram ana dhul dhul qada dhul hijja and muharram so the 11th month the 12th month and the first month of the islamic year and then rajab which is between jamad al thani and shaban right so there is this hadith about the month of rajab but as far as the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam making this dua, and this is a dua that usually people say, make it in the first day, as soon as Rajab enters, make this dua. And there is no basis that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did this. But we know that this you, a person doing this and asking Allah subhanahu wa taala to bless, you know, the month of Rajab, to bless the month of Shaaban, and to allow that person to reach Ramadan. This is something that is acceptable to do because all of us we want blessings in every single month. Right, but we are not going to, uh, you know, just say this is something that we do inside of, uh, inside of Rajab. But you can do it for every single month, and you can ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to allow you to reach Ramadan even six months before, as those pious predecessors they used to ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to do. So, because of you know the the, the weakness of the Senate, this is uh, one of the weak hadith of Rajab. I appreciate that. I have so many questions here because, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the idea of a weak hadith being in a book of hadith, right? So that's, that's help me understand why this hadith is, exists because I can see why people use it. Um, if it was a weak hadith in the past, someone heard it and then they decided, okay, we're not going to use it. So they would let it go. But if I come across it in a, in a book of hadith, then I will think, uh, if I don't know enough about the details, I might think that this might be something you know meaningful, so I can use it. So give me some perspective on why there is such a thing as weak hadith in the books of hadith. Um, so the way that you would have to look at it, the scholars of hadith, when they are researching the statements of the Prophet wasallam, they are going to... Uh, compile whatever anybody claims about the Prophet and then you will have scholars that will come on you know they will come later on and say you know this hadith is weak because these two people they never met each other I'll give you a good example Um, have you heard of the book the Sunan of Imam Tirmidhi yes so this is a very famous hadith book it is one of the best hadith books written but inside of it, there are weak hadith. And Imam At-Tirmidhi himself, he tells you that this hadith is weak. Right? When mm-hmm. he puts it inside of it. But the way that he wrote his book was, I am going to show you the different opinions of the four schools of thoughts. And why they said the things that they said. And I will show you which one is the correct one. Right? Mm-hmm. So he brings, you have scholars of, of fiqh where they used, uh, hadith from the Prophet ﷺ to say, in our school of thought, this is the way that we go about things, right? So he came later and he said, okay, this is the hadith they used. This hadith is weak because these are the deficiencies that it has. So this is a reason that you find, you know, uh, and and from uh, other reasons is the actual writer of the hadith book might think that this is an, an authentic hadith, but in reality it is a, a weak hadith. We know that every book, you know, the, in in the levels of how many hadith that are weak that they have, all the books, they vary, right? You have, for example, you have the two most authentic books after the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the Sahih of Imam Muslim and the Sahih of Imam Bukhari. 
these do not have weak hadith inside of them. Right? These are the two books with no weak hadith. But if you go from there and you look at the six uh, sunnah books that we use, which is Sunan Abi Dawood, it has a few, a few uh, weak hadith. Sunan Al-Tirmidhi, weak hadith. Sunan Nasai, it has weak hadith. Sunan Ibn Majah, it has weak hadith. So when they are compiling it, some of them they know that this hadith is weak and they, they tell you like Imam Tirmidhi. And some of them they think that this is a strong hadith so they put it on. But then later on scholars, even at that time they would come and they would verify whether this hadith is authentic or it's not authentic. Whether it's sahih or if it's da'if. So I hope you know this answers why it has, you know, hadith books have weak hadith. Yeah, that's actually uh, a really valuable answer. I appreciate it. It's, I hope it's going to help me uh, as I read more on this subject. There's two books that I've read, and I'm, I'm curious to ask if you've come across these books. They're actually both by Jonathan Brown. One is titled Hadith, Muhammad's Legacy in the Medieval and Modern World. And mm -hmm. the other one, which is the more famous one, is, I believe, um, Misquoting Muhammad, The Challenge and Choices of Interpreting the Prophet's Legacy, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He does something interesting, which was really the first time that it was exposed to me from an academic perspective, diving mm -hmm. in you know, how the hadith were used. Um, and uh, I have a lot more questions, and I hope this will just be the start of this conversation. We mm -hmm. will try to tackle these different questions through yeah. the different uh, you know, hadith that are used. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure that I walk away with the correct understanding here. Mm -hmm. There was a time where I would have read that, oh, this is a weak hadith. Then I would have went to the people who, who used it out of, they said it out of, out of very good, sincere advice. You know, uh, mm -hmm. they just were sharing something good with someone. And again, to be clear, this is, uh, you're not saying that we should go tell people, hey, you're wrong. In fact, what I understood from what you said is, although we can, we can understand that this is a weak hadith, which, which, as you explained, and I think we'll have more time to talk about this more, that mm -hmm. means that there's a, a likelihood, and we'll mm -hmm. talk more about what the likelihood is of whether the Prophet said it or not. Mm -hmm. But the message behind it mm -hmm. is, is valuable enough and actually accurate, meaning to make dua uh, for Allah to bless any month is, mm -hmm. is a good dua. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's not something that would contradict another teaching of the Prophet. It doesn't so, contradict yeah. the teaching mm -hmm. uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, so the, am I correct to understand that right? So that although I, now I have this uh, additional understanding of it being a weak hadith, but still mm -hmm. the meaning of it is it's valuable. So I shouldn't go around telling everyone, hey, you're a bad person because you're using a weak hadith. So... Um... When we say a hadith is weak, uh, we first have to understand that there are different levels to how the hadith is weak. You could have a hadith that only has one deficiency. You can have a hadith that has multiple deficiency. And then you can be at the, the, you know, the end of the spectrum on weak hadith where the, these hadith are completely rejected. So uh, if, if the hadith that are being shared is on the side of you know, completely rejected hadith, which are fabricated ones, then at that you know, moment, you should advise the brother or the sister that is sharing it and tell them you know, in a kind way, you know, this is not, uh, th we, we can't attribute these things to the Prophet wasallam. But for example, you know, the hadith that are on the weaker side, on the or the deficiency is not so great like the hadith that we mentioned where the dua is being made 
then at that moment it's the advice should still be you know this 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 is a good message but let's not add that this is the statement from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu alaihi wasallam i appreciate that and I, I really like that i wish i would have learned this much earlier in mm-hmm. my sort of learning uh, and and sort of approaching islam it would mm-hmm. have keep much stronger relationships it would have helped me build <laughs> relationships with people yeah, many of us you know struggle this is one of the challenges of gaining a little bit of information mm-hmm. that, that now you have all the information and it's actually a sign of um of someone who who doesn't actually have a lot of knowledge when you think you have a, not a lot of knowledge uh-huh. someone who actually has knowledge recognizes uh their place and their status and knows that there is so mm-hmm. much more uh, I hope that this is a short uh, you know, conversation around this topic. I hope that we can take this lesson and yeah. use it as people who want to, uh, to connect more and reach people and have the correct balanced understanding when we're discussing the Prophet There's clearly value in what the scholars exerted many, many, you know, years and generations and lifetimes of effort so that we could have this information. Um, yes. It's a way for to bring us closer together, not a way to fight us or make us, you know, uh, create enemies for each other by treating each other with poor character. Um, mm trying to advise someone of course the prophet's character there's no question about you know the level of clarity it's actually the ayah of quran where allah says that his character is is impeccable and and the the best so we should take that as as the the strongest thing we understand about the prophet and have a good approach to this but if you have some closing advice and uh, a dua for us inshallah Inshallah, um, these, you know, the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it really has stood, you know, the, the test of time to where today we can go back and look at the chains of narrations and know why some scholars have classified it as weak. And uh, the, the reason, you know, they were given that insight. And this, you know, the ability to grade hadith as weak or strong or this is uh, only a few of the scholars have been granted this, you know, ability by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they dedicated their whole lives to this struggle to preserve the, you know, the sayings and the statements of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So you and I should do the same and, and strive, you know, to not continue to spread, you know, misinformation about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And some of you might be wondering, you know, what is the big deal if I share these things? If, you know, you somehow end up sharing, you know, a hadith that is, a lie against the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, there's a scary hadith that we need to be reminded of. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said, "Man kadiba alayya muta'amidan, whoever lies upon me in, in, intentionally, you know, with the intention that he, he is creating a lie on the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then let him prepare his seat in the fire." You know, this is a very heavy warning. So when we are, you know, passing around a hadith that we are not, you know, so sure about. And if you see somebody sharing a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, you should have the energy and the ability to say, you know, let me look this up. Let me try to find out what, um, you know, the, the authenticity of this hadith or what the scholars have said about this hadith. And that should motivate you to learn more about your deen. Because these statements that people make and share, these are statements that have, you know, an effect on, their, uh, on the hereafter. 
So make sure that you know whatever you are saying. And we have, subhanAllah, we have enough authentic ahadith where we don't need the weak ones. You know, this should be clarified. Alhamdulillah, Allah has preserved enough of the hadith of the Prophet that are authentic, that have passed, you know, the tests of time. Scholars have came and looked at it over and over. So we have enough of those to where we don't need to rely on weak hadith. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us an understanding of the statements of the Prophet and get us closer to him through memorizing and learning the hadith of the Prophet. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.